Welcome to Clippings, the official podcast of the Council for Nail Disorders, where Drs. April Schachtel and Catherine Stiff take a closer look at articles and clippings published on all things nail disease. Listeners can suggest articles for this podcast or topics of discussion by sending an email to kristen.cnd at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, welcome to episode 32 of the Clippings podcast, where we review nail papers and share them with you. I'm April Schachtel, joined today by my co-host, Catherine Stiff. Hello, April, and hi, listeners. My article today is titled, Review on Chemical Peels for Nail Surface Rejuvenation, comes to us from Drs. Lamb and Toasty, and was published in June 2023 in the Skin Appendage Disorders Journal. I chose this article because... Dr. Grover spoke about the topic of nail peels at the annual Council for Nail Disorders meeting in June of this year, which was incidentally a great meeting, and I would encourage all of our listeners to log on to it next year. Nail peels are something I had never heard about, but the images that she presented and the potential for patient satisfaction and nail appearance improvement really surpassed my expectations. So, I was excited to see this article, which is a nice review of the current status of chemical peels for nail appearance improvement. As we know, chemical peels are a well-known, commonly used cosmetic facial resurfacing technique, which are used to target aging, hyperpigmentation, and smoothing the skin texture. The main technique that we have used historically to improve nail appearance has typically been nail cosmetics, which can improve nail appearance by covering and masking abnormalities in the nail surface. However, nail cosmetics are a double-edged sword because they can often contribute to nail fragility and other problems like onycholysis or chronic perinicia. Chemical peels have recently been proposed as an alternative way to smooth the nail plate surface and quickly improve the appearance of superficial scaling, discoloration, roughness, and nail plate pitting. In the skin, we know that chemical peels destroy the outermost layer of the skin, which can promote exfoliation, and that the different agents that are used for peeling will produce different levels of depth of penetration. The same idea is true in the nail plate, where depending on what the peeling agent is, there will be a different depth of desquamation of corneocytes to different levels of the nail plate. When the superficial layers are desquamated, that will lead to cosmetic improvement of the nail plate. This study was literature search on published papers on the topic of chemical peels in the nail unit. They ultimately found four articles, all of which were prospective, open-label, uncontrolled studies. They covered a total of 96 patients who underwent a chemical peel treatment for their nails. The first was a prospective open-label uncontrolled study using 70% glycolic acid applied for 45 minutes to the nail plate of 31 patients who had dry, rough textured, or discolored or hyperkeratotic nails. 80% of the patients with rough nails and 60% of the patients with hyperkeratotic nails said that there was good improvement. Another study was a right-to-left comparative study of 15 patients with superficial nail abnormalities, and it compared the use of 70% glycolic acid versus 88% phenol combined with 15% TCA peel. The patient's subjective opinion and physician assessment found that both peel types were equally effective at improving nail plate appearance. Third study was a similar prospective open-label study comparing multiple treatments 
of 70% glycolic acid on 33 patients with superficial nail changes. The authors described that there was a good to moderate improvement in the majority of the patients. And finally, in the last study, which was a prospective open-label uncontrolled study, 20 patients with superficial nail abnormalities due to either nail cosmetics or pathologic conditions were treated with 50% glycolic acid. A good treatment response was reported for the majority of the patients with the cosmetic-induced superficial nail abnormalities and patients specifically with onychomycosis. So overall, chemical peels for the nails can provide a fast improvement of the appearance of the nail, whether it's due to a pathologic condition like onychomycosis or potentially others like nail psoriasis, or whether the nail changes are due to normal aging or nail cosmetic-induced superficial nail changes. The potential adverse effects theoretically include pain, irritation, and nail damage, and so they should only be done under the supervision of a trained healthcare professional. The authors note that it's important to take precautions to protect the nail folds and the cuticle, and it's also recommended that patients hydrate their nails in between the treatment sessions. Of course, none of these nail peels is a substitute for the proper medical treatment of an underlying nail condition like onychomycosis. So currently, the evidence on chemical peels for nails seems to support that patients like them and they report improvement in the aesthetic appearance of their superficial nail changes. The things that we don't know yet are which peel is the most effective, how many sessions are needed, and what is the long-term benefit from this treatment. It's also unclear which patients should absolutely not receive this treatment either. The authors make good suggestions for future investigations into nail peels, which include measurement of nail thickness using a micrometer before and after the peel, quantifying the amount of ridging, grading the nail smoothness and luster with a scoring system, and finally asking patients to complete surveys about their level of satisfaction with also questions about nail appearance, pain, or adverse effects. Potentially, future studies could also use histopathology or scanning electron microscopy data. I think it would be easy to dismiss this line of treatment as something that's superficial or cosmetic only. However, I think that this treatment is something that can encourage people to show their natural nails more confidently, and it's also done without the significant downsides that nail cosmetics bring with them. So I'm in support of any kind of treatment that makes it more acceptable for patients to show their natural nails. Um, For my nail practice personally, which is at an academic center with some difficulty accessing treatments that are considered cosmetic, I could see some barriers to introducing this into my practice, but I'll be following the literature closely on it. Yes, I agree. I was thinking about, we would probably have to come up with a cosmetic fee for this service, but Mm -hmm. the images are really impressive, the before and after photos, so it would be nice to try it. Yeah, it seems like something, at least based on what Dr. Grover shared in the CND meeting, that at least at at her practice that they're doing in India a lot. So that may be the area to watch for most of this data to come from. All right, Catherine, tell us what you read about. All right, this, this month I'll discuss the article a new method to treat onychopapilloma with pulsed dye laser irradiation, a 13-case series report by doctors Fawn et al., published online June 1st, 2023 in the Journal of Dermatological Treatment. 
has some background on acopapillomas are benign nail tumors that often present with longitudinal erythronychia. Patients may desire treatment due to nail pain or concern with the appearance of their nail, and traditionally, surgical excision is the only treatment. Surgical excision has a recurrence rate of approximately 20%, and many patients are hesitant to undergo nail procedures. Dermoscopy of onychopapillomas shows telangiectasias at the proximal nail fold. So these authors treated 13 cases of onychopapilloma with pulse dye laser irradiation, or PDL. The treated area included the telangiectatic proximal nail fold up to the edge of the affected nail. The spot size was 3 to 5 millimeters, pulse duration was 1.5 milliseconds, influence was 11.5 to 13.5 joules per centimeter squared, and the endpoint was purpura. Seven cases received one treatment, three received two treatments, and three received more than three sessions with a one-month interval between the sessions. After each session, ice compresses were applied for 20 minutes, and the patients were instructed to protect the affected area and avoid strenuous physical activities for three days. There was no need for bandaging. All patients who initially had pain due to their tumor interestingly reported pain relief following treatment. Patients were followed for at least six months and up to three years. Five patients recovered well without recurrence, so they had complete resolution of their onychopapilloma. Five had improvement, and three had poor effect. Overall, the effective rate which was defined as improvement or cure, was 77%, and the recurrence rate was 23%. And as expected, more improvement was seen with erythronychia than leukonychia or melanonychia, given that the target for PDL is hemoglobin. So in conclusion, PDL seems to be a promising treatment for on- option for onychopapillomas, especially for patients who prefer to avoid surgery, and it's certainly less time-consuming in clinic. Uh, so I'm I'm really looking forward to trying it out. Yeah, I mean, for a patient perspective, even if it doesn't go away on the first round, it's so much of a shorter procedure and so much less downtime than undergoing a nail bed excision that I could see the patient acceptability of this mm-hmm. option as being really high. Yes, agreed. Yeah. All right. Well, Catherine, thank you for joining me on this episode of Clippings. I want to thank our listeners for their attention. To all our listeners, please share this podcast with your colleagues and trainees and let us know how we're doing and which articles you'd like us to review on the show by contacting kristen.cnd at gmail.com or find us on Instagram and Twitter or X at Nail Disorders. 